Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder at Generations Church. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend and the lead pastor at Generations, Jeff Luddington. How you doing today, Jeff? I'm doing really well, except I think you're trying to convince yourself that we're good friends. My good friend, I'm, I'm starting to worry you don't like me that much. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just saying what you told me to say. I know, so. just reading off the script. I get it. Right. I think it's more important that, that you have people know that I like you. Because it seems like you need that kind of affirmation. And nobody else likes me, so maybe. maybe, maybe <laughs> Not that's as far it. as you know. All right, Mr. Rob, what do we have on deck today for questions from the classroom? Yeah, if, if you're new to this, um, well, my first question is, where have you been? Come on, man. Everybody's listening, <laughs> and, and you're way behind. But just know, go back, listen to these. But um, Jeff is, is teaching in a high school for the first time, yeah. and he is teaching uh, seniors at Valley Christian High School Reformed Theology, and, and he... When he got in the classroom, one of the first things he did was he asked his students, hey, what questions do you want to cover this year? And he put together a notebook full. I've been teaching at Valley Christian. This is my 13th year. Um, I teach mainly math, but I get to do some Bible classes every year, and uh, I get a lot of the same questions. Yeah. So we just decided, hey, let's try to answer some of these. A lot, of not, people, a lot of people who aren't students have the same exact questions. Exactly right. They're not unlike questions I get from adults in church as their pastor, right? So it seems like these questions sit there inside of people and don't often get answered. And so we're doing our darndest to try and answer some of them, right? And so hopefully uh, this is something you, the listener, are interested in. And we're working, it's the topics change each week and kind of fun to do. Right. So as we look at today, we're, we're talking about something we're passionate about. We're passionate about church. Yep. Right. You're a pastor. You obviously love leading a church. You're I'm an, an elder. elder. I love yep. helping to lead the church. Um, but we have, we get students that'll say, I'm not so sure if that's important to be there or not. One student asked this question. Can you be a consistent Christian? Keyword, I think, consistent there. Yeah. Can you be a consistent Christian and not attend church at all? Yeah, I think you're right on the keyword. And so if I read that question without that keyword, can you be a Christian and not attend church at all? Um, I would have to answer it yes. Right? You can be a Christian and not go to church. I became a Christian, and probably for the first year after I became a Christian, didn't attend a church. Uh, the circumstances are unique, and many of you, if you've listened before, you may know my story if you've read my book, or if you've been to the church, or listened to the podcast, um, but I came to faith uh, in a cell on my way back to prison. I was in and out of prison, in and out of trouble, had a long battle with drug addiction, and, and crime followed addiction, and uh, unfortunately, gangs followed crime, and so I came to faith in a cell, not in a church. And so uh, the access I had to a church didn't exist at the time. When I got out, I paroled on a Sunday morning. I was in church with my now wife, then uh, girlfriend, fiance. We were in church Sunday night. Went with my sister and some friends and some other people, but I couldn't wait to be in a church. I was probably the opposite of this, but I, I had been without one. But you can be a Christian. Now, can you be a consistent Christian? I think the answer is no, and for a simple reason, and we'll get into some scripture in a minute, but how, who would tell you what is consistent with Christianity or not, right? Is it on you? And whenever something is just on you, you tend to look like the things you like and don't look like the things you don't like, right? And, and 
church and Jesus and scripture tend to look like you rather than you becoming more and more like Jesus. So consistent Christian, no, you need a community. And so I think it takes that. And we'll get into that a little deeper in a minute. Right, yeah, as we move into the second question, and I think this one, um, Matt, it seems like like the big question is just what's the point of church, right? Yeah. The question is, uh, if the Bible is the primary way God communicates, what's the point of going to church? Like, why should I go right. to church if I already have a Bible and I can just read it on my own? Yeah, so there's an assumption built in uh, and, and a bit of a bias. If the Bible is the primary way God communicates, so you have to assume that's true first in order to ask the second part of the question. So let's take that off the table for a minute. Um, if you're here and you're listening and you're Orthodox or you're Roman Catholic or something, right? Uh, or you're very prone to worship or something like that, like you would necessarily agree with that kind of biased question. But I believe the Bible is a primary way God speaks. I don't think it's the only way. I think through the church is another great way. Uh, but the question, like you said, is what's the point? Like if God speaks through scripture and I have a Bible, why do I need a church? Right? And, that's a, and that's a fair question. Right? It's less loaded with bias, like that's the only way God speaks, and more with like, okay, if this is primary, if this is really important, which we all agree Bible's really important, and God speaks through Scripture to us, what's the point of church? Well, I would say this, like the consistent Christian question earlier, we were designed to be in a community of believers, right? that I can not only care for you in your needs, you can care for me, but we offset each other, right? Where you're weak, I might be strong, right? Or where you're strong, I might need, right? Or, you know, uh, there's a great example, Kevin Harney, who wrote uh, Leadership from the Inside Out. Uh, he talked about having skin cancer on his back and he didn't know and his wife told him, hey, there's a spot on your back, right? And now they have a rhythm. I don't know what it is, three months, six, what it doesn't really matter, but she does kind of a full check because he can't check his back, right? It's that I got your back kind of feel, right? And so church is that. Jesus created a church. He ascended back to heaven with 120 believers in Acts who were gathered together as a church. Church isn't a building. It's not a nonprofit. It's not a name. Church is, the, the word ecclesia is those who have been called out of culture together walking with Jesus. Right, yeah, and great points, and I think, you know, for those of us that are in a church, right. we understand the benefits, we understand the joy of being with other believers. If you're not in a church and wondering what it's like, sure. or maybe you're in a church and you just don't feel that fit, um, but I think we'll go to Scripture on this. I think the best place to look in Scripture for early church stuff is Acts, right? So we're going to yeah. look in Acts. Um, so here's a passage from Acts 2, verses 42 to 47, uh, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all those believed, all those who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So mm -hmm. what does that teach us about the church and why should we should be part of a church? Yeah, that, and it's such a good snapshot, right? It doesn't say everything that church is supposed to do. Like it doesn't really spell out caring for marginalized people or something, right? But 
doesn't have everything you do, but it's got a great snapshot of the first century church early in the first century church. And so by Acts 2, if you're unfamiliar with this passage of scripture, um, what we started with in Acts 1 was 120 Christians uh, gathered together, Jesus ascends, uh, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, as Jesus promised, fills the believers, and Peter walks outside in Jerusalem, he preaches this gospel, thousands come to faith. So as you get to Acts chapter 2, nearing this verse, thousands have just come to faith, right? There's a bit of a break in the story. This is kind of the next thing. So like the end of a scene, the beginning of a scene in a TV show or a movie. And so what we know is there's thousands of believers in this area, and many of them new believers. And then there are the, those who have been around for a little bit, and the apostles, those who were trained literally by Jesus to do this. And it gives us this snapshot of devotion. So consistent Christian, um, point of the church, all those kind of things. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayer. So he gives this kind of four point what they did when they gathered, if you will. And it's not, and it's not um, everything they did, but it talks about teaching. It doesn't talk about just them becoming Christians and reading the Bible, but being taught the Bible, right? And if you come to faith and you're passionate and you pick up a Bible, there's going to be some things you run into you're not sure what they mean, right? And uh, maybe they take some cultural context, right? First century Judaism is much different than 21st century Amer Western American culture, right? So how do we translate some of these things? Now, if you were super studious and wanted to go learn the original languages, Hebrew, Greek, and a little bit of Chaldee for the book of Daniel, right? Then you would have to learn that from someone. Typically, it's from the church, right? Either in a school or in a church setting or whatever. Um, but the idea is that this has been passed off, Jesus to the disciples who became the apostles, leaders of the church, to the church, and then to church leaders, to others. And they gather together, they learn, right? They're taught from scripture, that's super important. But they also have fellowship, it's a community. Like I said earlier, there's a need, we need one another. We don't get that a whole lot, very individual in this modern day and age in especially Southern California Christianity. I can't speak for everywhere, but Western American Christianity is often very individualistic, right? And so these questions, can you be a consistent Christian and not attend church at all? That's an individual following Jesus. If the Bible's a primary way God communicates, what's the point of going to church? Like if I have a Bible, I'm an individual, why do I need others, right? Teaching re requires someone teaching and someone hearing and learning, right? Fellowship requires more than one person. Uh, breaking the bread, which is actually a euphemism or a, 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 the most common term for communion in the New Testament. In other words, the sacraments are practiced. And then prayer, corporate prayer. And I think this may be the weakest of all suits, if you will, in the American church. We struggle to be prayerful, number one, but we also don't pray corporately nearly enough. And so I think it gives us a breakdown. Hey, here's what they did when they got together. And it paints us a picture of something much more than just me and my Bible. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we were talking earlier just about just the benefits of being part of a church yeah. body, right? I love the way you talked about it. You actually compared it to, to marriage. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, for my wife and I, she's strong where I'm weak and the other way mm -hmm. around, that we, we, we are better together than we are apart. But we talked about it too a little while ago, just in the, in the idea of, of 
athletics. Yeah. Right. I can watch YouTube videos and I can learn how to have a better tennis swing. Yeah. And I can go to the court by myself and set up a tennis machine that's hitting balls to me. Um, but that's a lot different than getting on a court with an opponent and having the unexpected happen and, and right. dealing with that. And it's totally different than having a coach standing on the side and saying, hey, you could do this a little better. You might want to think about doing this. Your swing's yeah. a little bit off. I think that being around a church where you're you're getting a chance to maybe be mentored by somebody, yeah. but also a chance to mentor, a chance to lead, a chance to follow, um, all those things are beneficial. Yeah, and you, you talked about... Um I had an image of, uh, I'm going to shrink it down to a ping pong table, but you can put half a ping pong table up and you can play by yourself, right? But when you hit towards the right or if you're on the left and you hit towards the center and it's going to come out on the right, you know that already. By where you hit it, you know where it's coming back to you, right? Where a t another a tennis partner is going to hit it where they want to, right? But, and so you get that unexpected. And I, I, I think of, uh, I like to go to the driving range and hit golf balls. I'm not a good golfer. Uh, at all. I wish I was. I really actually like it. And um, so when I go to the driving range, I'm much better from the, on the driving range than I am in the golf course. And here's why. The tee box is always flat, right? It's always level. It's always square. I'm always hitting. I have time. I have practice. I have patience, right? I might even have something set up to help me aim. But then I get out there and I drive one off the tee box. Maybe it goes well. Maybe it doesn't. But then the course, you know, has slopes and hills and sand traps and all these other things. My next shot is anything but flat, right? It's unpredictable. It's changing. And that's how life is. And so we get to this next verse, like verse 44, all who believed were together and had all things in common. Yeah, they cared for one another. And if somebody was hungry, they fed them. But they went through the unexpected life together, right? They, they had everything in common. They walked through the unexpected things of life. They walked through the highs, the joys, the, you know, the births, the, the marriages, the whatever, the baptisms, right? And then they walked through the lows, the, the illness, the death, the loss. And it says, you know, they had all those things in common. There's no way to do that without others. It's a community. It's a need. You can't do it alone. Great, great. Yeah. And I did find out while playing golf that, the other people playing with you don't they're, they're not happy when you pick up your ball and move it to a flat surface and put it on a tee again i don't understand why yeah, they get I so upset about yeah, that so yeah. many rules so many rules <laughs> um but yeah so let me ask this question then we're in the middle of you know or, or hopefully coming out of a pandemic right. but a lot of churches have have just folded up right. um people are, are looking for churches we're dealing with questions from high school students who may very well be thinking, well, my parents make me go to church, but I don't feel like I fit. I don't feel sure. like I'm getting a lot out of it. If someone came to you and just said, and I'm going to come to you right now and just say, okay. <laughs> if I'm looking for a church home, what am I looking for? What do, is there something I have to be careful about? Am I looking for a particular fit? Yeah. Um, what, would you, what advice would you give? Yeah, man, I would love to tell you, hey, you got to find something reformed theologically. I'd love to tell you a bunch of things that I would want, but I don't think that's appropriate or fair. Uh, here's what I would say. Here's the, here's the, the bottom line, the, the bare minimum, right? When you get there, uh, you attend a church, and you, can, and you can do this online now, right? That's what's so great is everybody's got all their sermons online or on social media or whatever. Watch a sermon from a church. I would say this. If most of the sermon is from Scripture and not most of the sermon is from the speaker, then I would say that's a good start, Right? Like, let it be, let the message be breathed out of Scripture, where the pastor, the speaker, the teacher, the person, right, is helping you understand what's been said, 
and maybe pointing you to how it applies to your life. But if it's a whole bunch of things about them or about video clips or about something relevant and culturally cool or whatever, like go to the next one. For me, Bible teaching is the bare minimum. And the second thing I would say is uh, what most people look for, I don't know if this is necessarily needed, but it's common, is you look at pictures on a website and like, do these people look like me? Like, do I feel like I'm gonna walk over there and, and I'm gonna fit in? Uh, when I first got out, we mentioned prison earlier, when I first got out, I'm tattooed, I don't feel like I fit in a church. And I was raised in a very legalistic church, so I literally, and this is very immature, I'm admitting I did the wrong thing, but I put on shorts and a pair of Vans and a t-shirt, or maybe a nice little short sleeve button-down shirt, whatever it was, but I was in shorts and I drove to the church, and if everybody was in a suit, I kept driving. And if I, and that's immature, I totally admit that's immature today, right? But I, I needed to know I fit in, right? So if whether that meant they welcomed me when I attended or uh, they looked like me. And I, I, don't, I don't think that's a biblical reason, but I know that's common and true, so that becomes important. Um, the other thing is, can you go beyond Sunday and be involved in something, whether that means serving or attending a small group or doing something? Because Sunday isn't enough. Being engaged, involved, a part of a church, a, a collection, a body of believers, requires all those relationships, right? Uh, it closes, man, it, and it just, it says, God added to their number day by day, those who are being saved. Like when, when the church is going right, it's growing. Not, I don't, it's not about the numbers, it's about health, right? Like, you know, growing a muscle, it'll grow, right? If it's healthy, it'll grow, right? And uh, there's bad growth, I know that, but it, it, you should see fruit of what God is doing in that place. And that one takes a little time to look. I would judge their preaching, I would listen to their worship. Is their worship good and, and God-centered, Christ-centered? It doesn't have to be perfect musicians, just is it Christ-centered? Can you get involved? Do you feel like you might be welcomed and fit in? And then, you know, over the first month or something like that, is God doing something there? Right. I, those are great points, and I think as well, what I was thinking too is if, you're, if you go on a website and you're mm -hmm. watching somebody's or listening to somebody's sermon, the tendency for much of us or for many of us is, is this what I want to hear? Like, is this entertaining to me? Is he telling me things that are making me feel good? And that's not what you're saying. Don't look for that. You're looking for biblical teaching. There should be sometimes you feel convicted. There should be sometimes you feel like, man, he's hitting me right where I am. I need to, I need to work on some things. I need to get this in order. But um, also with, with grace at the end, right? There needs to be that, hey, you know, we're, we're broken. And I think that's something we talked about is a lot of churches. We talked about this on other podcasts. A lot of churches put up this this facade like, hey, we're all good. We got it. Right. We're all good. If you walk into a church and everybody's got it together but you, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of liars in that congregation. Right. There's a lot yeah. of people Trust me, on. they don't all have it together. Right. 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 So you should feel like you yeah. you fit in because you're broken and they're broken. And yeah. we're all we're all working together. Yeah, let me give you two things on that. That's great. And and this is super fast. If their message or just feel good, they're not giving you the whole story. And if their messages just beat you down, they're not giving you the whole story. You should be able to feel God's love and God's conviction of your sin all in the same message. And it ought to be rooted in Scripture, not in what I think, what you think, what the preacher thinks, whatever else, right? It, it's got to flow out of Scripture. But where there is conviction, there should be grace. And where there is love and warmth and feel good, there should be also understanding, hey, we have a responsibility to that, right? Some messages feel, you know, warmer and fuzzier than others, but they can't all just be one thing or the other. they got to have the gospel in them, right? Right. I'm going to wrap up with yep. this, just the idea, too, that a lot of times our 
our feelings about church are birthed out of bad bad situations we've had yeah. as a kid. Our parents made us go to church, and we didn't didn't we were bored. Um, don't let that be the thing that stops you. Find a church where you feel like you're being uh, fed. You're getting the message. You're you're together with other believers. Um, don't let one bad experience. It's not about the people in the church. It's about Christ and them leading you to Christ. So we're going to finish up there. Um, just a reminder, we release a new episode every Tuesday. We hope you will share it. We hope you will like it on wherever you're listening. You'll subscribe to it. If you have questions you'd like us to address in the series, the email address is questions at generations.email. Uh, we love you. We are praying for our listeners, and we will hope to see you again. We're happy to join us again next week. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church, G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at ginfamilychurch.